Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Uh, one guest on this podcast, an excellent one, Todd Blackledge is a name that uh, if you are a college football fan, you are very well aware of. He is the new lead analyst for NBC's Big Ten Saturday night. That's the Big Ten football game which will air each week in prime time on NBC, stream live on Peacock. Todd uh, Blackledge signed a long-term deal with NBC to be in the A-chair of their Big Ten football coverage. He has obviously a long, long career in history in college football, worked for ESPN for 17 seasons as one of their top analysts on their college football coverage, did playoff semifinal games. If you're an ESPN radio listener, you obviously heard him on the national championship game many, many times. Also worked for ABC in the late 90s and CBS in the early 2000s. And we had a really excellent conversation just on his upcoming assignment, uh, you know, what he thinks of sort of the Big Ten strategy to flood the zone in terms of uh, having games uh, all across networks on Saturday. Talk about uh, how do you get some chemistry with somebody, in his case, Noah Eagle, who you've never worked with before. And then just uh, some general college football talk. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. Todd Blackledge of NBC Sports coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right, as I said at the top, um, Todd Blackledge is a name very familiar to the college football fans who are listening to this podcast. He's here today as the lean analyst for NBC's Big Ten Saturday Night, which is the Big Ten football game that will air each week on NBC and stream live on Peacock. He joined NBC this year, 2023, prior to NBC, as I think most of the people, again, if you've seen Todd's work, know. Worked for ESPN for, I think, 16 and a half years or so, including uh, as um, the lead analyst on major college football games for them, including one of the semifinals. He also, if you're a radio fan, did the national championship game for 11 of the past 12 years. Um, So he was always there in the middle of uh, college football's most important moments. He also worked for ABC in the late 1990s, CBS in the early 2000s. And pleased to be joined by Todd Blackledge. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Well, thank you, Richard. It's good to be with you. All right, Todd, here's where I want to start with you. Um, Your schedule, which uh, NBC Sports PR kindly forwarding me, at least what uh, what has been announced so far. So you have West Virginia at Penn State on September 2nd, 
And then if I'm correct, you're doing Charlotte at Maryland on um, September 9th? Yes, correct. Okay. So for someone, for someone in your position, at what point do you learn the games that you have? Like, is this a three-month preparation or are we talking just you only learned this, let's say, a couple weeks ago? Are you talking about the schedule that we're doing? Yeah, the first, like, when, like, in terms of, so for your prep, when can you legitimately start prep in terms of when you knew these would be your games? Yeah, so I actually knew the first four, uh, which is way different than what I was used to. I kind of knew the first four at least a month ago. Um, You know, when I was at ESPN for all those years, we would maybe know our first two about three weeks out, four weeks out, maybe. and then it seemed like, I know this wasn't the case, but it seemed like it was week to week finding out our game at Penn State or at, uh, at ESPN. So now uh, the fact that I've got a little bit of a heads up um, is pretty helpful, mainly from the travel standpoint and booking the travel and planning the travel. I, I can't really do a deep dive on more than one game at a time because that's just how I'm built, you know, and the way I like to prepare. So the preparation time will be the same. But from a logistics standpoint um, and doing some planning for the fall, it's very helpful. What are games three and four um, for you? So game three is going to be um, Syracuse at Purdue. uh, And then game four, uh, game four is going to be um, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Okay. All right. So – that's some interesting teams on the first couple of games. You know, you you have – Todd, been in, I would imagine, especially on site, so many production meetings. You've obviously met pretty much every uh, major college football coach. Is there anything that is has been different in terms of your preparation for West Virginia, Penn State, when it comes to getting a sense of their practice, talking to the coaches? I'll just, for, to let people know, we're taping this on Tuesday, August 29th. So Todd, I assume, is not at, um, not at, not at Penn State yet, but... Um, Maybe you will be. Maybe you go there a couple of days early and get to see the practice. How does yeah. it work in terms of the preparation for this specific game? Yeah. So, um, so that's a great question because it's ironic, you know. So we are just a, it's game week. Uh, the game is on Saturday. Um, it's Tuesday, and I'm still, you know, neither team has released a depth chart at this point publicly. So, you know, it's kind of I don't know if it's a little cat and mouse game between Penn State and West Virginia. I know Nick Saban in Alabama is saying he's not re, you know, going to release a depth chart. Um, and that just makes it a little difficult to prepare, you know, for Noah Eagle and myself getting our game charts together uh, in, in advance of this game. But I think we're going to get something later on today. Um, but typically I would leave here on Thursday for a Saturday game. And I like to get to where I could see a Thursday practice of the home team. And then Friday's busy with meetings, you know, with players and coaches and coordinators uh, of the home team. And typically we'll do the visiting team on a zoom call um, on a Wednesday. Uh, Now this week is different in a lot of regards. And first of all, let me say this. I I always used to prefer, and sometimes my play-by-play partners, you know, really didn't like me for doing this, but I would always say, look, if the visiting team is staying at a hotel less than an hour drive, then let's go to their hotel on Friday night. And I'd rather sit in person and talk to them and players if we can, rather than do it over the phone. Well, during COVID, when everything was on Zoom, Zoom meetings proved to be 
every bit as effective as doing it in person. So, so we've kind of continued that and do the visiting team earlier in the week. But this week is different um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm leaving on Wednesday instead of Thursday because I'm going to go to Morgantown uh, to see West Virginia practice first. And West Virginia like on to a morning practice, uh, which means you've got to travel in a little bit earlier than you would normally travel in. So I'll see them Thursday morning, and I'll fly into Pittsburgh, drive to Morgantown, watch them practice, do uh, a meeting there, get in the car and drive to State College, and, and I'll see Penn State on Friday. Um, Penn State has more of a real practice on Friday and more of a walkthrough on Thursday. So, But Fridays are the busiest days for, for us no matter what. Interesting. All right, I mean, we'll eventually get back to Penn State. I want to ask you a couple questions about your um, your personal move from ESPN to NBC. You talked about a little about this a little bit. And I, I actually appreciate the transparency in some of the uh, transcripts that I've saw. So you worked for my, my is my math right on that? Nearly seventeen years. Or, yeah, or is 17 it seventeen seasons? Years? Seventeen okay. seasons. Yeah, seventeen seasons for ESPN. Um, I were obviously. Well, you were obviously well thought of because look at the assignments that you got for ESPN. But also, Todd, the reality is that like ESPN is going through um, a significant change in terms of cost cutting, in terms of layoffs, in terms of talent, either not being renewed or talent being asked to take pay cuts. So let me start here. Was your move to NBC any kind of preemptive sort of um, notion given the, the, the financial situation going on at ESPN? Not really. Um, you know, that that came into play a little bit as we began walking through the process. But that initially, no. I mean, I was very happy there. I was very confident that my work was well-respected and well-received there. And and, uh, and I was not looking to go anywhere. You know, I, I liked the crew. The, you know, I was there 17 years. My same, I, I had different play-by-play guys, but I had the same director, Scott Johnson, for all 17 years. We're great friends. Uh, half a dozen camera guys have been on that same crew the entire time. So it was a very family-oriented feel, and, and I loved it. And I thought we, I would put our games and our work up against anybody doing football at any level. And then, you know, doing a playoff game every year, I was comfortable with that. I realized that, you know, I was at a ceiling at, at ESPN that, that, that was not going to change. And I, it took me a while when I first came over from CBS, but I came to grips with that, that, that that's, you know, what it was going to be. Um, and so, but when NBC came and, and kind of started talking to me about what their project was going to be, what this new adventure was going to be and how they were going to try to present it, um, I was very intrigued. And again, I wasn't looking to go anywhere, but um, the more this thing went down the road, um, the NBC offer got better and better. Um, and they made me feel very, very important and very wanted. And I think anybody that does anything, you know, going back to if you're a kid being recruited to play football or basketball somewhere, you know, you, you want to find a place that's a great fit and you want to feel wanted and you want to feel like, you know, you're something very important to them. And, and NBC made me feel that way. I was going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to ask about the specific of NBC offer. One thing on ESPN did at any point as you were negotiating with NBC, did they make you a final offer or do you feel like they tried to keep you? I guess I, I would ask. So, you know, they, 
I, I understand negotiating, right? So they, they their initial offer to me was, you know, was not a great offer. And I understood that um, as they realized that there was a legitimate offer on the table from NBC, um, you know, they, they changed and, and, you know, changed the way they did things. But um, again, at the end of the day, um, it, it was just too good of an offer for me to say no to, uh, you know, at this point in my life and my career, you know, the length of the contract, the compensation of the contract, I was very happy with both. Um, and, you know, to be a part of something new and something different, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 62 years old. My partner is Noah Eagle is younger than two of my grown sons. You know, it's going to be a, a, an interesting challenge. And, you know, I love primetime football games. So the idea of doing a primetime game for, you know, NBC and covering the Big Ten, you know, I am a Midwest guy, but Penn State wasn't in the Big Ten when I was a part of, you know, playing at Penn State, but I'm very familiar with you know, the old Big Ten, of course, the Big Ten is changing every day, it seems like geographically, but but I'm familiar with the Midwest and Big Ten football. And, and um, you know, when I was at CBS, Richard, uh, I loved it there. I, I was not looking to leave there. Um, I was very happy. I was working with Vern Lundquist. Craig Silver was our producer. I was doing the SEC game. And there was only one game that I thought I would ever leave CBS for, and that was the ESPN primetime Saturday night game. I just thought it just had a look and a feel to it that was different than anything else out there. And so when that was, you know, was that was offered to me, uh, that was the biggest reason I, I made the decision to leave. That and the fact that CBS had nothing in the postseason at that time. So there was some postseason possibilities at ESPN, but the primetime and doing games at night. Uh, I love it. I mean, some announcers, you know, they want to do a noon game so they can get on a plane and go home as soon as the game's over. I, I'm not like it. It's kind of my old playing days. I mean, I, I want to savor the whole day of college football. I want to get up, do my workout, you know, watch early games, finish my charts, and then be the last voice on in the evening and kind of recap the whole day. And uh, I'm fine with getting up and flying home on Sunday morning. But, but I love doing primetime football. I appreciate that answer. I, you know, it's interesting. I um, I spent a lot of time uh, with Vern Lundquist and Craig Silver. Did a did an embed with them. Um, have known both, really respect both immensely. And one of the things that Vern told me that was really important to him is throughout his whole career. You probably know this. He had never led a package. He had always sort of been the number two or the number three broadcaster. And then finally, the SEC on CBS comes around. He makes that his own. And, you know, the rest is history, obviously, you know, um, became the iconic voice of SEC football. So to me, Todd, and I, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would imagine this would be the case. I think one of the things that you really had to like about the NBC offer is like you are the lead analyst. Like you are their top analyst. You are getting their top games. At ABC, ESPN, it's always going to be Herb Street. At other places, it's going to be other people. So I think at some level, right, that must have been really important or maybe the word is like exciting to you or fulfilling to you that like, Todd, for our network, the biggest games that we have, you are in that A chair. Yeah, that definitely played a big part in it. And again, I think that that goes with the idea of feeling wanted and feeling, you know, they made me feel important that they wanted to build this thing around me and my expertise and you know, my uh, experience and and uh, the pairing with Noah and Catherine Tappen, who I think is fantastic also, um, you know, so yeah, that that definitely made me feel really good and was a big part of this. 
Um, and I'm just excited for this package to grow because I think it's going to be great in this first year. I think as the scheduling even improves going forward, it's going to be it's going to be outstanding. And I know just what I've already sensed from NBC, even though I haven't done a game with them yet. Um, I can. I already know that they. This is really important to them. And when they do something, they they put their best foot forward. They put their resources in it and behind it. Um, you know, I, I went down and watched the Kentucky Derby. Uh, NBC invited my wife and I down to experience that. I'd never been, and you know, so just kind of being around them in the production, uh, I, I realized this is this is going to be a really good group to be a part of. Yeah, that's a good. The Derby production is a good one to uh, check out behind the scenes. Yeah. They 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 go all out for that. Um, you know, Noah Eagle's background obviously is um, in basketball, where you know that sort of you know he's done uh, the Clippers. He obviously, did some stuff for uh, CBS, including the Nickelodeon game. While you may have um, watched his work, Todd, or seen his work, I'm guessing you 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 have never been in a booth with him. So how do you figure out? Um, how to make that, you know, one of the things that having talked to a million broadcasters, they all say the same thing. So obviously I think at a certain point you have to believe them is the chemistry is usually forged away from the booth, not in the booth. And so, um, have you guys been able to meet or talk on zoom or are you, what's the process that you guys are using to try to figure out how you can find some chemistry? Yeah, that's great. Great question too. So, um, so we met the first time we met, uh, I mean, I knew, you know, they were working on getting his contract done and there was a certain waiting period. And so once that was official, we talked on the phone and, and then we met in New York, the Clippers actually had a, a weekend where they were playing the Knicks one night and then they were off and then they were playing the Nets. And so I flew up to New York and, uh, our producer, Matt Marvin and, and our uh, director, Chuck D, that we all, with Noah, got together for lunch. So that was the first time I was with him, you know, in person. And then we, you know, corresponded back and forth. Uh, we were together uh, in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Media Days. Um, we were supposed to, this past weekend, go to Stanford and do a practice game. And we were going to do like a quarter or a half of the Notre Dame Navy game together to be in the booth for the first time and just work on it. And then Noah had to fill in for Jack Collinsworth. So he actually had to go do the game in Dublin. So that kind of got scrapped. So when we are in the booth, you know, on, on Saturday night, it'll be the first time we've been in the booth together, but you know, I've told people I've, I've worked with now I've worked with great play-by-play guys. I mean, Mike Tirico, Vern Lundquist, Mike Patrick, Brad Nessler, Joe Tessitore, Sean McDonough, and I never did a practice game with any of those guys either. It was the first time we showed up to do a game. We did it, and we kind of figured out each other's rhythm and figured out each other's style, and you know, and, and it went from there. So I don't anticipate any issues working with Noah. He's he's a pro. He's mature beyond his years, as you know. Um, the one thing that will help, I think, just in terms of our getting to know our personalities is we're going to do a podcast together. In fact, we're actually recording it a little bit later here on Tuesday, and we're going to do that on a weekly basis, uh, you know, kind of Big Ten centric, but we'll also touch on, you know, bigger pictures of college football. But I think us doing that on a weekly basis and having fun with it, I think will actually help our chemistry come Saturday nights. What's the, uh, what's the title of the new podcast? 
Oh, see, I knew you were going to ask me that. I should I'll find, know. I'll, I'll, I'll be able to find it. You, if you can't find it, <laughs> yeah. I will. I think it's like Big Ten Talk with Todd and Noah or something like that. Yeah, they came up with something. So, yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. Keep it simple as they say for podcast. <laughs> um, all right. That's good. I, I, I mean, I think that's smart because that you're right. You'll forge even more sort of, uh, uh, you know. Uh, on air to use those in big broad quotes uh chemistry that way do you um Todd, do you view abc's saturday night football as competition because they will obviously have a game in your window yeah uh, yeah obviously i mean anytime i'm you know i'm still a competitor right i mean i haven't played a game for years and years but you know you're still a competitor you want to be the best i mean if you're doing anything like this you want your show to be the best so uh you know, and I think competition, the way I look at competition is not to put someone else down or to, you know, to demean someone else. It's OK, look, they got a good show. They're going to make us bring our best show and they'll make us be better, you know. And so. Um, so, yeah, a little bit. of I, I see that, you know, I mean, Fox does their main game at noon, but that's competition as well. You know, it's a good show. And I like Joel a lot. And I think he's really good. And so. And CBS is getting into this now, uh, you know, not just the SEC, but the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, they're going to do the whiteout game, uh, which will be a great environment. Iowa, Penn State, you know, uh, in week four, I think. So So it's all competitive, right? Uh, but we're also, you know, we're, we're, a lot of us are friends. You know, Gary Danielson and I are friends. Joel Klatt and I are friends. You know, I worked with every network except for Fox. So, um so it's it it it'll be friendly competition. I want to um one thing about um your heading to Penn State because this is something your uh, your uh, ace PR person Dan Masonson told me. It is your I know you're going to do this in Penn State. Obviously, it's your alma mater. But is it your intention every week to talk to students on campus about um, whether it's a broadcasting class, management class, communications class, to sort of give them a sense of you know, I've been doing this for, you know, 30 plus years. Here are some of the things that I've learned. Here's some of the things to think about if you want to get into the profession. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to make myself available for that. You know, uh, if it fits my schedule, like this particular week, uh, it, it kind of was perfect because Penn State and Mike Poorman, who I've known for a long time, covers Penn State and is a writer and part of the broadcast journalism school up there. He teaches and they have a series called Football Fridays um, that they do all through the season where they have a speaker come in and do a kind of an informal Q&A. So he asked me if I could be available to do that uh, to kick off their first Football Friday. And so it actually works. You know, it fits my schedule. So, uh, again, the game is first, you know, me going to practice, me going to meetings, sitting down with coaches, watching film, all of that takes precedence. But if it fits and works, I would definitely like to do something like that. Now, I would never do it day of the game. You know, day of the game, I'm kind of locked in. I don't want to, you know, I don't want anything to be different from my normal routine on Saturday. All right. Let, I finally found it here. Big Ten Talk with Todd and Noah. There it is. <laughs> that is your title. Show will come out every Wednesday. And uh, obviously, uh, Noah and Todd will be talking about the. Uh, whatever sort of the most compelling storylines and action was in the big 10. So I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, we're supposed to do another podcast, although it got, 
canceled today because or yesterday because my my partner is is under the weather but uh i don't know if you're familiar with josh mancuso or not he's a he's a comedian he does a lot of his his most popular skits are he does these he plays about three different characters and we're here to to determine or decide the school mascots and he's hilarious he's very popular in the south he's from he lives in tennessee but he and i are going to try to get together and do something as well, uh, which would be a little different slant. Uh, we'll talk college football, but we'll also talk some some goofy stuff, too, because he he's a very funny guy. So hopefully we'll get that one. You're America's podcast guest this week, Todd. Yeah, well, right. Well I guess so. <laughs> Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. All right, so I want to ask you about, I mean, you know, you really can't basically go an hour without realignment news at, at this point. It, feel, it feels like this year. So let me ask you a question. I hope this is not unfair as a question to you, but but it is the reality. Uh, you know, you've always sort of been someone who I think is a traditionalist when it comes to college football. You played, I mean, you know, you played for one of the most iconic programs. For people who don't know, Todd played for uh, Penn State. Go, you know, go Google him. Obviously, had an amazing career there. So. The 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 reality is the disal the 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 Pac Ten sort of blowing up benefits anyone who is part of the Big Ten because the conference has just gotten immeasurably better with the inclusion of some of these historic great schools. So I wonder how you look at it in the fact that like my sense is that you you know philosophically like you don't love that the Pac-12 is gone because you were part of like the world of the Pac-10. At the same time, like the reality is like NBC is going to have a much better schedule during the duration of your contract because of these teams that have now come into the Big Ten. That's absolutely right. I mean, you're right. I, I am a traditionalist. You know, I grew up the son of a football coach and, uh, you know, love the game and love the history of the game and the traditions of the game. And, you know, that's probably why I prefer college football over the NFL. I mean, the NFL is a higher level of football and, better players top to bottom, but I like the richness of the traditions and the history of college football. So that part of me hates to see what happened to the Pac-12. But, um, I, I mean, we are in an ever-changing landscape in college football. And if you're not able to adapt to that change, you're going to have problems. You're going to get left behind. And so for whatever reason that things happen the way they did with the Pac-12, whether it was bad management or lack of foresight or whatever it was, um, yeah, I mean, now working for the Big Ten, when I made the decision to come over and I knew that USC and UCLA were coming the following year, I was excited because I'm like, oh, okay, those are two great brands, two outstanding coaches that will be joining a conference already filled with some great coaches. And then the addition of Oregon and Washington, the most recent additions, two more great brands. And I've done games at all four of those places. So, I mean, for Big fan. Big Ten fans who have never been to Autzen Stadium in Eugene or Husky Stadium in Seattle, they are great college football venues. So so I'm thrilled. I mean, yeah, people want to say, well, the geography, you know, the, the conference goes from Rutgers in New Jersey to California. That's not the Big Ten. That's not the old Big Ten footprint. I get it. 
but the conference is going to benefit tremendously from it. And we, as you mentioned at NBC, I mean, it's just more good opportunities for games and primetime games. And, you know, that's true for Fox and for CBS as well. I mean, they're going to be better games for everybody um, because of those additions. And, you know, they're, I mean, I think that the Pac-12 or the Big 12 has been very aggressive. I think they've made some good moves. Obviously, it all started with the SEC getting Oklahoma and Texas to join their league. And right now, you know, maybe before we even get off this podcast, there might be news of of the ACC adding, you know, Stanford, Cal, and SMU because that's the discussion now. So you got to be willing to adjust and change the game was already dramatically changed. I mean, the three things, I mean, realignment, transfer portal, and NIL have changed college football in dramatic ways in the last three or four years more than ever in their history. So th- we're not going back to any kind of old school college football. And so you got to be willing to adapt and, and change. All right. So, Todd, the reality is that um, during your season, even the games that aren't announced, you're going to see Ohio State at some point. You're most likely going to see Notre Dame at some point. Um, as someone who has um, called, you know, I mean, you've called national championship games, uh, you know, for ESPN Radio. You've obviously done playoff games. Can you give a sense for like for the, you know, there's a lot of people who listen to me who are not from necessarily like traditional college football states. I mean, like, for example, I'm somebody who grew up in New York. So like, you know, college football to me, it was the Yankees and Mets and Jets, Giants, Rangers, you know, wasn't LSU, Alabama, et cetera. So what is like a, when, when two top 10 teams are playing like at night somewhere, I got to experience it once. I saw LSU, I saw Alabama at LSU and as a Yankee, I've never seen anything like it. It was incredible. I can't, I cannot thank the experience enough. So what is it like? Like to be in that stadium, and you'll be obviously you have the best seat in the house when two top ten teams are playing at night in a game that matters so much to these communities. It's there's nothing like it. I mean, as you described, I mean, and again, I go back to the point: the NFL is better football, better players, higher level of play. But I don't think the NFL has near the excitement level until you get to the playoffs. I mean, obviously, the game ratchets up a few notches when you get to the playoffs. But college football is that way every week. I mean, you know, you have those kind of games throughout the year. And again, the tradition, the venues, the history, the rivalries. Uh, and then when you put it together with two teams that are, you know, in the national championship picture, you know, in the top 10 or whatever, and playing at night in a game of that kind of magnitude. And again, with college football, especially now with one more year of only four teams making college football playoff. You know, it's tough to lose a game, particularly later in the year and rebound enough to still make it in the college football playoffs. So, you know, it might be different. It will be different when that expands to 12. Um, But those games are, I mean, they're incredible, you know. And and again, I've I've had the pleasure and and it's been a blessing to be doing games as long as I have and call. I've been I think there's only maybe four stadiums I've never been to to do a game. Um, and I've done rivalry games of, of every magnitude. I mean, Florida, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, UCLA, USC, Ohio State, Michigan. I've done all the great rivalry games, and uh, it never gets old. What are the four stadiums that you've never been to? Yeah, so I'd have to count, I mean, if it's a four or not. But um, or the so I've, never done a game, yeah. I've never done a game at Washington State in, in my career. Um, 
I think that's the only one in the Pac-12 or the old Pac-12 that I never did. Um, I never did a game at Kansas. I know that. Um, there was a there was a long time when I had never done a game at either Iowa or Iowa State, and two years ago I did a game at each place. You know, so I kind of knocked those both out. Um, I'd have to think about it a little bit more. Like I've been to every Big Ten venue. I've been to every S- – oh, no, I never did a game at Vanderbilt. I did a Vanderbilt away game, but I never did a game in Nashville. So I, I think that might be – never did a game at Duke either. Those are, those are the four I've never been to. Oh, interesting. Okay, a couple more here. Um, the, 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 the Big Ten sort of template is um, to have – their games on Saturday get significant reach on networks. So you're basically going to go from sort of like the beginning of the day until your game is concluded where, um, where people have the option to see them. I think that's a really good strategy at the same time though. Um, you know, there will be competition elsewhere, including whatever the top sec game is, um, whatever the big 12 game is. But again, as someone who, um, has worked for both a network you know, when you did your CBS stuff and then went to uh, a place that ha- that sort of primarily was cable until ABC. What do you just as a television guy, what do you think of that? This was like sort of Kevin Warren's strategy that like if we can get our games on network TV across Saturday, this is the best way to ultimately promote the conference. Yeah, I think it was a brilliant strategy. You know, and obviously Kevin had an NFL background being with the Vikings before he took the Big Ten commissioner job. And I think he used his... NFL experience and background to kind of begin thinking about this new model. And, you know, they had things they had to work out and, and things they had to iron out even as he was leaving and Tony Petiti was coming in. But I think ultimately the idea, the concept is, is brilliant and yeah, there's going to be competition, but if you're a big 10 fan, um, you know, you can turn that Fox game on at noon and, and flip the channels and watch big 10 football all the way till midnight, you know, and, uh, and just kind of get a feel for what your favorite conference is doing. And, and again, with the, with the reach that the Big Ten is going to have, particularly starting next year, um, you know, you, it's, it's a huge audience. You know, the SEC is great, and it's great football. And, and I love doing SEC games. And I will miss going to Baton Rouge and going to Tuscaloosa and Athens, Georgia, and doing games because it's, it's awesome. But it's, it's also very regional. You know, now there are national fans that will watch because Alabama's got a national brand. Georgia's got a national brand. But when you talk about the Big Ten now, starting next year, it is a national conference. So, I mean, there are going to be fans across the country that are somehow connected in some form or fashion to watching Big Ten football. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Final two. Uh, you mentioned uh, earlier in this conversation that... Uh, you know, one of the reasons you really like going to NBC or why the, the, the deal is so attractive is it's a long-term deal. So usually, you know, you don't have to be specific. Usually that means three years, five years. It seems to me, Todd, that um, your enthusiasm for this is as good as it's ever been. 
So for you, like, um, there's no, there's no plans to retire. My sense is anytime soon, right? Like you're, you know, the one thing about the one thing about broadcasting, um, and you can thank people like Hubie Brown and Al Michaels and Vince Scully is where once upon a time there was an age where a lot of broadcasters retired. That's now been blown out. Like people working to their seventies and their eighties, and I feel like someone like you, especially as your kids are now adults, right? Like who knows how long you're going to be doing this. Well, I hope I hope you're right. You know, and and God bless Hubie Brown. I mean, he's one of my favorites anyway. And he's what? He's 90. 90. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. So um, so hopefully, yeah, I mean, I I signed a a nice new deal that will take me well into, you know, the majority of this Big Ten package. And then, you know, hopefully I'm not done after that. Hopefully, you know, I'm still at the top of my game. and, And I know you know, as long as I'm still enjoying it and as long as my work is still high caliber, uh, yeah, I have no intention of retiring anytime soon. All right, last one. It's a fun one, although usually gets in trouble with like some fan base. What you be, you've uh, you've called how many hundreds of college football games during the course of your career? For you, what is the loudest stadium you have been to as a broadcaster and why? Mm. Well, I would say probably the loudest one I've ever been to is the one you were at for a night game in Baton Rouge. Uh, and, and it's louder at night than it is during the day. Cause I've done both, you know, CBS, a lot of times your, your LSU game is at two 30, right. Is a big difference. Uh, when all those Cajuns have had a chance to, to tailgate and party all day and then come in the stadium. So I think that's, that's the loudest place I've ever been. Um, there was a time back in the day when Florida was really good. Um, and maybe they'll get there again, but the swamp, uh, on a Saturday night was could be deafening loud as well. And then, you know, I, so I would say those two, and then I would have to throw in Penn State for a whiteout game. I mean, you know, I'm not just saying that because I went to Penn State. You talk to anybody across college football, and my good friend Guido D'Elia, who was my very first mentor in the TV business, he's the guy credited with starting and inventing the whiteout. And he still goes there and kind of runs the whole game day operation as far as the music's that played and when it's played and everything. And uh, the whiteout is pretty amazing. Yeah, no, that thing on TV, it looks unbelievable. It looks loud. Uh, Todd Blackledge is the lead analyst for NBC's Big Ten Saturday night, which is the Big Ten football game, which will air each week on NBC and stream live on Peacock. So that's primetime football, Big Ten football on NBC. And some of those games, if you look down the schedule, are going to be really unbelievable. Um, you can check Todd out there. He, uh, he'll he be working with Noah Eagle. And as he said on this podcast, obviously they will be debuting uh, a their own podcast about Big Ten football every Wednesday. Todd, uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, giving me a little bit of time. This is going to be a busy week for you. And uh, enjoy the adventure. I wish you uh, nothing but the best of success. And thanks for coming on the Sports Media Podcast. No, thank you. It was good to be with you. And you're right. It's going to be a great adventure. Okay, back in the studio. My thanks to Todd Blackledge for his time and insights. If you like these kind of conversations, please head to wherever you listen, Apple, Google Play, etc. Leave us a uh, five-star review and a nice note. That is uh, how this podcast will continue. Previous podcasts uh, over the last couple weeks had uh, Kendall Baker of Yahoo Sports to discuss um, newsletters, sports newsletters, and uh, that, uh, I don't know, I won't call it a growing trend, but just sort of how you use that to enhance your brand and 
try to get people to ultimately come back to whatever your monetization is, whether it's the website or whatever you have. And Jenny Carlson of uh, SelloutCrowd.com, which is a new startup in um, in Oklahoma. A lot of people from the Oklahoma, including Jenny, uh, have now headed to that site to cover Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder, and uh, it's a pretty interesting experiment to see how that plays out. For that, ESPN's Chris Fowler, ESPN's Mark J. Spears, had um, uh, Stuart Mandel, my colleague from The Athletic, on television media rights and college football. ESPN president of content, Burke Magnus. That was a uh, lot of news coming out of that. WWE star Becky Lynch. Again, head to the archives. There should be some um, stuff that you like. I want to thank Patrick Antonetti for Thanks to everybody at Odyssey for their support. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.